Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel, into the wonderful world of fairies. We've now finally gotten into the elves. The first one is Lolot. In the fairy tale, Prince Vivian and the Princess Placida by Nonchalante e Papillon, the good fairy Lolette was a fairy godmother of Prince Vivian and Princess Placida. She cultivated their characters in order to make them not only love one another, but also to become beloved rulers of their subject. Lady Banana Ghost, also called Fit Nang Tani, the nature spirit from Thailand, Lady Banana Ghost, is a spirit of Nayab, who lives within small banana trees. Rarely leaving its tree without great provocation, these spirits are extremely displeased if forcibly displaced. Lady Banana Ghost are believed to be at the peak of their power when the tree they possess is flowering. They will use their magic to play pranks intended to frighten but never harm. They will also use this power to make gifts of arms to intolerant monks. That's very different. So that one, guys, I've never heard of. The first time I've read anything about <clears throat> Lady Banana Ghost. I think it's pretty cool. The next is the Lady of Golurus. The Lady of Golurus of Shmewik Island was similar to Meadow, but rather than a special hat, she had a magical dress called a Kohulin Durith. If ever it was taken from her, she could not return to a watery abode. She was beautiful with a head of long green hair. There was a very thin, clear or pale white web in between her fingers. She was said to have been a wonderful wife, keeping house and rearing the children until the day she discovered where her husband had kept her. Kohulin Drith. Upon its discovery, she donned her dress, went down to the sea, and never looking back at her life ashore, dove headfirst into the water. The Lady of the Lake. She's also known as Nimu, which I know her as Nimu, but she has a secondary name, which is Vivian. According to Arthurian mythology, the Lady of the Lake resides in Dothmaripool, a lake in Cornwall, England. Most often, she is depicted only with her arm extended up out of the water, holding tightly onto the legendary sword Excalibur. <laughs> and you can actually read many stories regarding that. As you would know, Arthur has many stories, King Arthur has many stories. But so does the Lady of the Lake. Lemos. Similar to the fates of lore of ancient Greece, the Lemos of Baltic mythology are the seven fairies who spin and weave the fate of a person shortly after giving their birth. Appearing only in groups of three, these fairies decide if the child will live. If so, when it will die, and the quality of life it will experience while alive. Lala Malika, a beautiful djinn from Moroccan law. Lala Malika was coquettish, elegant and flirtatious. She had a reputation for taking married men as lovers and only speaks in French. Well, of course... Why, French is a language of love, right? So why wouldn't she? La la mira. But she has many other names. 
lala mira bent hatri lala mira lala mira al mitrieya a gin from Moroccan law. Lala Mira was both beloved and feared for her power. Possibly originating amongst the Berber tribes, Lala Mira has a reputation for seducing unmarried men. So there's a gin that goes after married men and a gin that goes after men that are not married. That's interesting. Lala Muna Ben Maum, the lady. A benevolent djinn from Moroccan law. She watches over the family home. As a species, djinn are attracted to newly constructed houses, so it's believed vital to appease this domestic spirit with offerings of incense. With the intent, she will intervene and protect the family from malicious djinn who would try to move into the home. Lala Reki Bint al Kamir. So she is the sister of. The Lala Mona Ben Mahoon. Um, she's a queen among the jinn. She's a guardian of the Humam bathhouses and freshwater springs. This benevolent and diplomatic fairy is traditionally introduced to a child on or near their first birthday. This celebration is accompanied with feasting and the lighting of oil lamps with 12 floating wicks. Lamas. The Lamas, giant of ancient Chaldea, was a proprietress and protecting female winged djinn. Later, they were associated with Lamasu of ancient Azria. Nigalu, the winged lion, sometimes acted as palace guardians, were considered to be a species of Lamas. Lamia of the sea, or Lamia of the shore. Ancient Greek law, Lamia of the Sea was a mermaid or a nymph who would seductively dance and sing from the water. As she would dance, Lamia would attract the attention of men, who when they approached her, she would then drown them. On occasion, Lamia is said to emerge from the water and ask a passerby if Alexander the Great still lives. If the person tells the fairy, the king of Mastnon is deceased, she will fly into a rage and attempt to kill the person by drowning if she can. She is said to be the cause of water spouts. Lamai. But there's different names as well for Lamai. Lamai, Lamia, and Lamaya. So if we look at the Malus Maleficarum, a hammer of the witches. A treatise on which and written by inquisitors Heli Kramer and Jacob Springer in fourteen eighty six. So apparently there were a species of evil fairy or a fairy animal described as having a human face with a bestial body, sent by a witch, would sneak into a home, tear an infant to pieces, then restore it to life. Okay, now <clears throat> I'm not saying that this Maleficarum is rubbish, but I'm saying I have a copy, I'm saying I've read it, and I'm just saying, if, if a spirit sent by a witch was going to rip a child to pieces, why the heck would it restore it afterwards, okay? Really think about that, guys, okay? That, to me, speaks nonsense. Laminac 
is next. In Basque, fairy lore, the Laminac are said to be a species of fae living underground. Although their presence is believed to bring good luck, these tiny fae are also dreaded. They enter into people's home by coming down the chimney. Once inside, they steal unbaptized infants and various household items. Laminac, when they speak, always say exactly the opposite of what they mean. They are described as having the feet of a chicken, duck, goat or goose. Excessively fond of neat homes, a laminac, like Bassa Andre and the Bassa Juan, are easily driven off by the sound of pealing church bells. All laminac were named Gwyn um, and Gullin. This is actually William, is what that name means. Lampades. The Lampades or Lampades were torch-bearing infernal nymphs of the underworld. And it is Greek origin, but the percentage of how Greek it is is uncertain, as it's possible they were the daughters of the goddess Nyx and any number of the river gods of Hades. And I like the goddess Nyx. She's one of my favourites, my most favourite. Lampeti. And this apparently means to shine, um, or it can mean gleaming or shining. It's in Greek mythology. She was a nymph, though. She was one of the Danads, basically. Which, obviously, we all know there are many of those. Landvetia. In ancient Icelandic literature and stories, the Landvetia are thonic guardians inhabiting animals' river tones. Specific lands, trees, you know, stuff like that. They're basically nature spirits. Um... And they sort of guard particular areas if those areas are actually there. There's not there's not a specific area like, oh, they just guard water or they just guard trees. But apparently there's obviously a very large community of them and they actually guard various areas, however it takes their fancy. Lantuk, a domestic fairy from Jewish law. The Lantuk lives in the corners of the family home. Typically, there is only one of these little fairies in a home, as they tend to become emotionally attached to their people. Similar to the hobgoblin, the Lantuk likes to play pranks by frightening people. There are no stories of this species of fairy ever harming anyone. Alara, ancient um, mythology, she was a naiad from Greek mythology, obviously. Larissa, Greek mythology, she was a nymph of the fountain or a spring in Argos, Greece. Laudin, also known though as Alundin, Anna Lida, and the Lady of the Fountain. In Arthurian law, Laudin was one of the Sinhi, the fairy woman to whom Sir Awain, Sir Ewin, married. She lived in a sacred well, which her husband husband's night guarded. This character from Arthurian mythology appeared in the poem Vain the Night with the Lion, 1170, by the French poet and troubadour, Crétis de Troyes. The poem tells a tale of how Laudine marries Sir Ewin after he kills her husband. Sir Esclandos, their marriage is based on her need for a protector of a fountain and his sexual desires. Laudine rejects her new husband when the knight deserts her for a year to pursue his adventures. 
By the end of the story, Laudine and the knights are reunited. In some versions of the story, she later falls sorry, she later fails a purity test in Arthur's court. Hmm. Lauma. Originally a goddess in Baltic and Latvian mythology, Lauma became a nature spirit or a woodland fairy after the introduction of Christianity. Described as being very beautiful with long blonde hair, she appears naked near her home by the water, any water, or notably she's very feminine shaped and she'll be found near feminine shaped stones. On some occasions she's said to have the feet of a bird or a pendulous beast. If a man should see her and laugh because of her appearance, the llama will change him into an animal. Llama, in addition to being an individual, has also been considered a species of fae. As such, the llama are said to be sexually aggressive in their pursuit and dominance of men, manifesting as either a trio or a large number of their kind. They set out at night to commit acts of mischief, such as riding horses to exhaustion, milking cows dry, shearing too much wool from sheep. On Thursday evening, they will go out with their spinning wheel and will spin into thread anything they can get their hands on, such as moss, human hair, even intestines, if that's what it takes. The Laune, no doubt named from Lauma, were fairies of Baltic law, who were believed to have the ability to bestow or remove abundance, fertility and wealth. Sometimes, the Laumets were known to steal infants, but there are no tales of them ever harming anyone, although they tend to be as volatile as they can be compassionate. The male version of the Laume is uh, known as the Laumiacas, so a little bit different, but obviously it is the same. Lausks, meaning Grandfather Lausks, Laukis, and Old Man Winter. Latvian mythology, Lausk means frost, a nature spirit, the personification of the cold, carries a large golden axe with him, and it's believed when the frost is particularly strong, he cracks the earth with his axe. When a tree branch snaps suddenly in the cold, it said, Laux is cracking his axe. Lazy Lawrence, also known as Lazy Lawrence of Lubberland. Lazy Lawrence was a Scottish fairy whose presence induces lethargy in people, according to Darren Cooper in his 1853 book entitled Sussex Vocabulary. This individual fairy <clears throat> was considered a nursery bogey in the folklore of Hampshire and Somerset, England. Deliham hmm. she. Now, there's many different variations of this name. Lianan Sihi, Lin Haun Shi, Liahao Shi, Lihanan Shi, Lihauna Sihi, Lien Haun Shi. That's how many different names. So, on the Isle of Man, located in the middle of the Northern Irish Sea, there's a type of vampiric fae appearing to its victim as a beautiful young woman, but to everyone else it's invisible. These are the names it's given. It will try to seduce a man, and if it's successful, its magic will cause him to fall in love with it. If he does, well, she will take him as a lover. If he does not, she will strangle him to death and then drain his corpse of blood. Little by little, though, it will drain its lover's energy during intercourse. Basically, she collects blood and stores it in a red cauldron, which adds to its magical properties. 
it's really the cauldron is the source of their power. I mean, it gives them their power and the ability to shapeshift into white deer. And it keeps them looking young and beautiful. The vampire also feeds small amounts of blood to a lover, so he will be inspired to write love poems. Eventually, the man will become nothing more than a used-up husk and just die. Yeah, because they basically drain the life out of their lovers. That's what they do. The Lemurs, also known as the Larvae. In ancient Rome, Mane is the spirit of a departed person, and there are two types of Manes. The Lares, beneficial household spirit, and Lemurs, a type of bogeyman. Created when a family member dies. They are malicious spirits. They live in family home and would frighten the inhabitants by taking on a frightening aspect, making mysterious noises. The festival of La Marilia was held each year on May the 9th, 11th and 13th to placate the Lemurs. Obviously the counterpart for them from the Lemurs was the Lares. Len. Len was a fairy goldsmith from Irish folklore. From his furnace, the rainbow and fiery dew came from. Len's forge was near Lochelain, Lakes of Len. So now we have Leprechaun, but we have already done Leprechaun. Um, so I don't think it's fair that we actually go into it anymore. If you want to listen to what the Leprechaun's all about then you can go listen back to the other ones that we did, which were very British ones. They didn't include the mythology part. And Leprechaun is in there. So now we're on the Leshy. But the Leshy has many variations, just depending. Lesi, 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 Leshni Musique, Lesovich, Lesovic, Lesovi, Lesun, Lesach. Leshi, Leslie, Lesni Musnik, Lesnik, Leslie Musnik, and Forest Man. Originally a god or nature spirit of the forest in Slavonian mythology. It was named as a type of terrestrial devil in Colin de Plance's Dictionnaire Infinel, 1818-1863. The male of the species was known as a Lehuka. Sat there like humans from the waist up with notable beards, ears, and the horns of a she goat. These nature spirits use their ability to imitate voices as a way to lure people back to their caves. Once the victim was inside, they would be tickled to death. Wow, I've never heard that before in my life. They would be tickled to death. Apparently they had a banshee-like cry and the ability to shrink down to the height of grass when marching through fields. They can also grow as tall as a tree when running through the forest where it lives. So therefore it has the ability to change its shape, size, to blend in to its surroundings. But remember, be very, very wary of them because they can tickle you to death. That's crazy. Anyway, guys... Thank you for listening to this episode of the Encyclopedia of the Fey Folk. Please hit that like, share if you can, and if you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. Many blessings.
welcome back to my channel and to the wonderful world of fairies. We're going to continue now in the L's. Saluke is the next one, um, also known as Luce, Luke, Lucas, Luca, meaning white, and it was a subspecies of the hammer dryads. They were nymphs in Greek mythology. Lucip, born one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans Oceanus and Tethys. Then we have Leucosia, but also known as Lagia and Legia, classical Greek mythology, white goddess. She was one of the named Sirens, a type of malicious sea nymph. Leucotho, a sea nymph, was one of the named Nereids, and she's from Greek mythology. Leucippe. Born one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans Oceanus and Tethys. Lihana She, also known as Lianan She, Liahan She, Lilinana She. The Liana She of the Isle of Man is very different than the fairy of the same name from Irish folklore. The British version of this fairy is described as very beautiful, a very beautiful woman, wearing a yellow silk robe is known for enticing young men. To the victim, Lihan and she appears stunning, completely irresistible, but to his companion, she is invisible. Once a young man is under a spell, he's doomed. Eventually, he will pine away for want of a touch. The Lihan and she peaceful spirit of Bala Fletcher is slightly different. She is said to be the guardian of the Fletcher family of Kirk Braddon. It was to him she gave the fairy cup, a miraculous crystal cup, ensuring the family line so long as the cup remained in the family's possession. Each year, the head of the family was to toast to feign thanks to their prosperity. The fairy cup of Balafletcha is now in the possession of the Bacon family of Seafield, and the Fletchers have died out. Their house, unfortunately, is in ruins. Lyagora a synonym from Greek mythology. She was an Ariad. Libya, a nymph in classical Greek mythology. She was born the daughter of the Egyptian god. Um, well, it was called Memphis or Iphaphos. It depends, it varies again. Leek. Leek was one of the fairies who appears in the life of Robin Goodfellow, London, 1628. It was likely this British fairy's name was taken from its duties of being a cook in the other world. <laughs> and then we have Liega, one of the Nereids in classical Greek mythology. Light elves. Light elves are essentially the opposite of the dark elves. They are the elves that uh, are said to be a little bit more on the positive side. You know, they have a better temperament against humans. They're very kind, they're very beautiful, um, but they can still be malicious. Uh, so why they call them light elves and dark elves, I'm very unsure because technically, regardless of whether they are light elves or dark elves, the only real difference in them is that light elves 
will give some attention to humans, especially humans that they like or particular bloodlines and things like that. The Dark Elves won't engage whatsoever with humans um, unless of a particular bloodline and such. So it's hard to say that they're different because they were, they can both be okay and they can both be really, really nasty. It just depends. Ligia, classical Greek mythology, she was one of the named Sirens, which is obviously a malicious sea nymph from Greek mythology. Liline, in Roman gypsy law, from the region of Transylvania, Lily was a born the daughter of the fairy queen, known as Anna, and her demon husband, the king of Locolico, Malalo, the firstborn child of the royal couple, was desirous of a wife, but there was no other half fairy and half demon being for him to wed. Malalo had his father cook a fish in donkey milk, pour the juice over the vulva of his mother while she slept. Next, the king had sex with his wife, and nine days later, Lily was born. Described as having a human head but a fish's body, this grotesque being was considered to be the spirit of Katarel illness, meaning Katar, but it's the way that it's spelt in here, spelt quite wrong. Limnedes, they are the subspecies of naiads, from, they're like names of the fresh water from Greek mythology. Limnaiad, one of the 12 species of nymphs that are generally in lakes, marshes and swamps. They're very dangerous to travellers though. Um, they don't like to associate with children, with people or anything. Linchetto. In Italian folklore from Tuscany, the Linchetto are elf-like beings. They dwell in dark places and are only active at night. The Linchetto cause nightmares and literally make things go bump in the night. So it's kind of like having a spirit in your house or, you know, a poltergeist and something like that. Um, they do the same thing. <clears throat> Leet. One of the many dwarfs named in the Valuspa, meaning Hume. Little men of Molay, living in holes under Castle Molay, France, these fairies stand less than a foot tall, said to possess great treasure, treasures. The little men sometimes allow people who are walking by to take a handful of it. If anyone should take more than their fair share, the money will vanish and the fairies will invisibly box their ears. Oh, I wouldn't like that. Can you imagine that? That would hurt. The little people of the Passamaquoddy Indians. In the mythology of Passamaquoddy Indians, there are two species of fairies, the Nagnumwasuk and the Mukumwasuk. Each of these little people are said to stand between two and three feet tall and are grotesquely ugly as well. They're said to be made of stone. The little people are described as wearing a wild array of fantastic clothing, each one very unique. These fairies can only be seen by the Passamaquoddy Indians. The Nagumwasuk fairies involve themselves with human affairs, merrily dancing at weddings and sadly singing at funerals. Because they are no self-conscious, they are so self-conscious of their terrible appearance, it's very dangerous to laugh at them. 
as unfortunate incidents will soon befall that offender. The Mekumwasuk little people live in the wilderness, and they're said to dress in outlandish outfits. These hairy-faced fairies are considered to be the guardians of the Catholic Church. Should a Mekumwasuk ever look directly at a person, they will either acquire a contagious disease or simply die. Litua. Litua was one of the many dwarfs named in the Voluspa. Linberfog. Also, the variation to that is Elfin Cow. Delin Bafog is the Welsh black cattle born from the droves owned by the plant and win and tended by their women. The Gragadam win. According to legend, a band of green clad and win would emerge from a lake located near Abadova near dusk. Obviously, they would take their cows out then to graze and the cows technically belong to fairies. Loathly Lady So Loathly Lady is a tale. There's variations of the tale. Which one is the truth? Well, who knows? Um, but generally the story opens with an introduction of a young knight, handsome, pure and true. The knight is then threatened with death, usually his own, but on occasion someone close to him in order to save his life, or that of the other, it is discovered the knight's salvation is through an old and ugly hag. Sometimes she only asks for a kiss from the knight, but more often than not she demands marriage. Either way, the knight will agree and be true to his word. Soon after, because of his nobility, not only is allowed to live, but the old hag transforms into a beautiful young woman. In the old Irish versions of the story, the lovely lady, the old woman, is the personification of the sovereignty of Ireland, and the knight who submits to her becomes a high king. Also in this older version, there is a ceremonial drinking bowl. It's offered to the king and his acceptance of its seals, his kingship and the marriage. The newer versions of the lovely lady are usually British. In these tales, they're basically the same but the addition of the young knight having to answer the question, what do women most desire? The answer is learned from the hag, sovereignty over herself. Even knowing the correct answer, the knight still must marry the hag. And at the end of the story, the hag asks the young knight, which he would prefer for his wife, to be beautiful and unfaithful or ugly but devoted to him, or to be beautiful by day but ugly by night. The knight will wisely answer, he would have her make the decision for herself, demonstrating sovereignty. The knight is rewarded with a beautiful and faithful wife. Lob, also known as Lobby, Lube, Lubbard, Lubber and Lubberkin. German and Welsh fairy Lob, the Lob, is described as looking like a small dark rain cloud with arms. Attracted to arguments, fights and raw emotions, the lob enjoys causing trouble. It has been speculated the lob was not the name of the species of fairy, but rather the name of an individual fae. Lob is also a word used to describe any fairy-like spirit throughout British folklore. Lob lie by the fire. Lob lie by the fire was the name of a giant who was born the son of a witch. Very much like a brownie, Love Lie by the Fire was described as being hairy, strong, ugly, and enjoyed helping humans. He was a good farmhand, a hard worker, 
in spite of his lazy sounding name. Lofar. Lofar was one of the dwarfs named in the Voluspa. Logistilla was a virtuous heir to her father's throne, but was also the half-sister to the luxury-driven Alcine and the Morgana. Logistilla's personal castle was located on sister's land, Alcina Island. And Alcina had an army of eight men, catmen, centaurs and dogmen. She marched against her sister's much smaller forces. Fortunately, Logistilla knew her sister had lured vast numbers of men, subdued them, and transformed them into plants and stones. Using her own magic, Logistilla reversed her sister's evil spell, and she won the day. Loiri Eek, also known as Loriac, in the Herbreeds Island, Scotland, is very similar to a habitrot, was said to be an individual water fairy, heavily involved in the traditional lore of spinning and weaving, specifically presiding over the warping, weaving, walking and washing of the web. If during this process one of the traditional ceremonial routines was admitted, then the fairy would become enraged and cause some sort of major problem. Locrea, Greek mythology, she was a nymph of a spring. Lalmishu, according to the lore of Roman Egyptian, Lalmishu, meaning red mouse, was the name of the seventh son born of Anna, the queen of Keshli, the fairy queen, that is. Anna was suffering from a severe skin ailment. Her son, Malalo, was a magician and advised his mother to allow mice to lick her sore. Anna did as her son suggested. The treatment worked. However, one of the mice penetrated into her body and caused her to conceive a child. Lalmishu, the child born of this bizarre conception, is half a fairy. However, is considered to be the demon of eczema. Lonni, meaning dawdler, one of the many dwarfs named in the Maluspa. And again, just like as many nymphs, there's also very many dwarves. Lubbard Fiend, also known as the Lob by the Fire, obviously. The Lubberkin and Lurdane. In English folklore, the Lubbard Fiend is a hobgoblin like the Brownie of Scotland. And it just assists in household chores and things like that. Lubin. In Normandy, Lubins are a species of fae with the ability to shapeshift into wolves. Under the guidance of their leader, a Lubin, much larger than the rest and black-skinned, they gather in churchyards to dig up the dead. Lubins are very timid, and any strange noise will cause them to cry out, Rabbi Lubins may be a variant of the Lutins. The fairies have the ability to shapeshift into the form of a horse called Lichevel Bayard. Ludki. Now, the Ludki does have several other names. Um, but I actually can't pronounce them. But it's K R A N S N O L U D Klansnoldludu, something like that. But it's from Serbia. Ludki just means little people. They're a species of fairy. Um, they do have a leader of their own, a fairy king, and they're basically like we would expect our fairies to be. You know, they're a a whole group of like a family I guess and they have a leader and they have a court and 
such a like. Lugovnik. In Russian folklore, the Lugovnik is a male nymph of the meadow. Ludieg, little shaggy women, or the rag, was a type of fairy animal. Haunting Loch Nam Bleakenthulha, the Loch of the Black Trout, in Skye, Scotland. Said to be evil and injurious by nature, it was described as looking squalid, with a mop of shaggy hair atop its head. Lull. The life of Robin Goodfellow, the female fairy Lull, was a nurse who cared for fairy babies. And had three brothers as well in the story, in the actual writings of Robin Goodfellow's life. Nunantishi. The Lunantishi was a clan of Irish fairies who guard a black thorn tree, one of the favourite trees of the Fae. These fairies would not allow the cutting of these plants on May 11th, the original day for May Day, nor on November the 11th, that was the original day for Samhain, which is Hallow's Eve. Other sources claim the days are August 1st, the summer feast of Lunasa, and November the 1st, the winter feast of Samhain. Described as looking like small, bald men, great misfortune would befall anyone who harmed the Blackthorn on either of those days. Hmm. Luradan, the Orkney Islands of Scotland, Luradan was well-known brownie. It was especially pop- popular on Pomonia, the largest of the islands. Luradan was said to sweep rooms, wash dishes and start the daily fire. Luradan himself claimed, when he lived in Jerusalem during the rule of the King Solomon and David, he was called Belela. From there, he travelled to Wales, where he was called Elgin Wad and Ruthen. There, he taught the Druidic bards, prose and prophecy. Luradan, a spirit of the air, claimed he always took part in the wars between his kind and the fire spirits of Hecha. During those battles, he said many of each of their kind were slain, as they fought in the air over the sea. When the fighting happens over the mountain, as the fairy spirits of each side die, Luradan claimed their cries and wails could be heard in Iceland, Norway and Russia for many days afterwards. Luradan, whose story originated in 1665, has since retired and handed over his responsibilities to a fairy named Balkin, the lord of the northern mountains. When summoned, Luradan is said to look like a dwarf with a crooked nose. Lyerg. In Scottish law, the Lyerg is a singular individual fairy longing to be a soldier. Dressing as such, it cannot be distinguished from actual soldiers, except for the fact he has a blood-stained right hand. While walking down the road, Lyerg will stop on the road near water, and by raising his red right hand, will challenge you to combat. Win or lose, anyone who engages, Lyag dies within a fortnight. Lycorius. Lycorius from, is from classic Greek mythology. She was a nymph, she was one of the Nereid. Lyca was a nymph from the mythology of ancient Greece and Rome, and she again was one of the Naiads. Lyris. Born one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans, Oceanus and Tethys. Lysithia was another one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans, Oceanus and Tethys. So the Lit Gobihi 
was similar to the Elidan of Wales and the Sand, Yan Itad of Breton. So the Larry it's from the fairy law of Scandinavian and apparently they lead travellers astray at night, just like a will o' the wisp would, basically. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of the letter L. When we come back, we'll be able to move on to the fairies in the letter M. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit that like, share if you can, and if you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. Many blessings.